can't believe we've made it to episode 30. Yay! Next week, we have our best prize ever. So it's more important now, more than ever, to subscribe to our little podcast. Shout out to your friends, family and renovation show lovers and tell them about Real Estate Right. Feedback is, Real Estate Right is really informative. So please rate and review us on your favourite podcast platform so others get the picture. Thank you. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langida. It's amazing how many houses we go into where the owners seem to know everything about real estate and want to help in ways that is actually more hurtful to their sales and marketing campaign than helpful. Today, we talked to Josh Hommelhoff about how involved a vendor should be when selling their home. Award-winning real estate agent for over 18 years and a consistently high performer with the Ray White Group, Josh Hommelhoff is a leading agent and partner at Ray White Carnegie and is here to tell us how involved you should be in your sales campaign when selling your home. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Sue. Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. That's good. So, thanks for coming in again. Uh, it's great to have you here. Now, we're in August. Yep. How do you see the spring market coming together? I think this year is probably, given everything that's happened, yeah, is probably the most uncertain spring market we've probably ever seen in a long time. There's a lot of speculation that we're going to see a lot more stock this year yeah. um, with the, you know, the effects of COVID and everything else. Um, but I still think, you know, buyer sentiment is that, you know, people who've got good job security, um, you know, all that sort of thing, good budget and everything else are out there and have been purchasing property, you know, since this whole thing happened. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of activity. So I would suspect that that would continue throughout the year. I know if, you know, if I was in a position where I was ready to make a move this year, the climate probably wouldn't have any effect. You you're transacting in the same market. From the sounds of it, it's going to be up. It's just a question of where the dollars are. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So now onto the actual topic of today. Um, how should we be selecting our real estate agent to sell our home? Okay. There's a there's an old saying in our industry that the the cheapest agent tends to be the most expensive. Um, yeah. So we we say to people, uh, and we get it. Don't. Cost is upfront is important. So, you know, your mm-hmm. marketing and your and your fee, but the end result is the most important thing. And if yeah. you we always say push your costs to the side. So take the marketing and the agent's fee and just sideline it. Pick the person and the, the business that you think is going to provide you with the best result at the end of it all. And you know, we've had plenty of cases we see that you know, uh, properties that have sold maybe with a different agency on a, on a cheaper fee structure and everything else, there's been a dramatic difference in the sale between two properties. Yeah. Yes, it it can happen that way. And, all, and also who you get along with. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest ones too. Yeah. And if you get along with them, yeah, generally trust them, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Correct. You know, I think if you, there's a very big difference between, um, knowing someone for five years and going and sitting down and talking to them or someone ringing your office yesterday and then mm. going and having the chat there. We, we understand that there is a big difference. If there's no relationship there, 
um, yeah. a lot of owners will go to cost um, unless they can see a, a difference in value. Yeah, definitely. So can you tell us some examples what you've seen and when, when you, we've seen an owner be too involved in the selling process? So I think first and foremost, we've all got an opinion in real estate and yeah. that's never going to, that's never going to change. And yeah. My view is no one's right and no one's wrong because we get proven wrong every single week. You know, yes. you, you think you've got an idea what a property is going to sell for, but you, the one thing you can't bet on is the emotional attachment that um, either buyers have on a home or even, you know, a, a vendor. A vendor could say to you that this is our price, we're not changing. You get to auction day and they say, well, no, this is where we're going to set our price, which might be a little bit lower. And you go, okay, yep, they're in line with the market and, um, yeah. you know, you'll see what happens. But Going back to like when you've got an opinion, um, I think people get too emotionally attached. That's probably yeah. the biggest and most fatal mistake that people make. And it's understandable. Like I, yeah. you know, I've been doing this nearly 20 years. I look at my marketplace where I live. I'm in a house that's, you know, just over five and a half years old. And I'll see a, a property around the corner similar to mine that'll sell. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, great. So mine will be worth that. And then someone will yeah. remind me that that was brand new. Yours is five years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's. That's right. But you've got to just remember as an owner that the buyers, they don't care about you. And you, yeah. you need, as an agent, I think you've got to be able to get a vendor to understand that, that, you know, whilst you might think that the, um, the dining setting you've had since 1967, which, you know, is beautiful and tells a lot of stories, it might not be right for, for the sale of your home or whatever it might be. You've just got to appeal to the higher percentages of buyers that are going to walk through the home. Yeah. And it's tough for any owner. It is tough. I'll tell you a couple of examples I've um, heard. Well, one happened to me. The other one happened um, to an, an agent told me. So, for instance, uh, a couple walked into a house asking the agent too many questions about yep. the house, yep. dominating their time. Anyway, as the agent was closing up, he actually didn't have any time to spend with other buyers or find out where the other buyers all sat after the open for inspections. Anyway, he's gone around turning off all lights and saw a photo of those people dominating his time in one of the family photos. And so he told the owners, look, you know, I had this great buyer. Well, I thought it was a great buyer. However, I've realised that you have planted these people um, to see how I would work and yep, if I did yep. a, good, a good job <laughs> and I've just now lost potentially half a dozen buyers that were authentic and real because I was being rude to them because I was handling your friends essentially. Yep. Yeah, and, no, uh, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So essentially don't get your friends and family involved. Don't try and check up on your agent. Um, no, and that's where you talk about the trust factor. And I yeah. think, um, but also the, probably one of the biggest roadblocks is price to begin with. Yes. Yeah. You know, you, it's unfortunate in our industry, but you if you, you could be upfront with the seller and say, listen, your house is worth 1.1 to 1.2 and it legitimately is. And then yeah. someone else goes in and says, oh, we'll get you 1314. Yeah. And obviously you can miss the business, but those people at the end of it all are disappointed because um, it hasn't worked all. They've made the decision to say to the agent, yeah, this is where it's got to be. It's got to be this price. Yeah. You've got to, with some leverage, you've got to listen to what the professional is telling you um, yeah. because otherwise it could go pear-shaped. It could go pear-shaped. Another instance, um, as a copywriter, uh, 
I hate oh, yeah. that. <laughs> I, you know, there's always the English teachers, the advertising execs, and um, yep. all those lovely people who think they know the how to write real estate ads. Um, so this one uh, advertising exec, I think she worked for one of the big Clemenges or something like that. And she said, look, I like what you've done. However, I've rewritten it. And she's completely moved everything around all over the place. And I said to her, look, I've been doing this for 20 plus years or something like that. Look, I've got my special formula. It works. My agents like it. That's what works. She goes, okay, fair enough. And then instead of um, getting upset with me or anything, she decided to test the market. So she decided to get a group of friends and say, this is ad A, this is ad B. Uh. Which one do you like? (laughs) And, you know, it was over a couple of wines or whatever. Anyway, they all chose my ad. And so she conceded and said, okay, they all said it was the right thing to do. Use use professional. I get it. (laughs) Thanks very much. But, you know, she's wasted her time doing what she thinks. And I I understand. We... we we had one recently where, and it was obviously you do a, our ad copy and, um, mm. you know, we, we had a, we had the word document come back with, you know, things adjusted in red and there was a fair bit of red and yeah. uh, you can understand like they say, Oh, you know, we just, you know, we, we need to get the most amount of money for our house and we need to make sure everything's in there. And we try to get people to understand that, you know, like you've got two to three seconds to have an impact. They're mm. not going to sit there and read through a book. Um, no, and they and, and they they listened and 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 ended up going well. So yeah, we and, see that. and they also, see that you also have to have a few things to reveal throughout the process. So the concept of the ad is actually to to get them in the door, and then it's your job. One hundred percent. Don't don't give them everything. Just give them a taste. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, as I said, <laughs> the the concept of this actual podcast title this time is you know there's a lot of. Uh, Incidences where you know people think they are the experts, and and I'm sure yeah. photographers get the same thing. You know, someone's a portrait photographer; they think they know how to take real estate photos. Real they're estate not. photos, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not the same. <laughs> no, no, we've had we've had a few of those over the journey. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you have. Now, how involved is too involved? So I know that, like what you spoke about before. So the friend that comes through, yeah, and tests the agent. Yeah, and that's fine. Like we 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 expect it. Like some, you know, we understand they want to keep us accountable. But yeah, you know, as you said, that that's that's one thing that can be really sort of too involved. Like, you know, do you trust us to do our job or or not? Yeah. Um, and I know not every agent has the best name, and that's why these things happen. Yeah. Um, the the photo editing. Um, yeah. you know, the amount of images. Uh, you know, like we we are working on time delays but obviously we're working to a deadline to get things done so sometimes mm-hmm. things have got to happen a bit quicker and um pres- presentation of a home i think that's sort of a bit of a gray area like a lot of vendors have great ideas and yeah some, you know some really really good stuff but if you get like if you're getting a stylist in they're there for a reason yeah um you let know them let, do let, it. let them do their job um yeah. there's just a I think it all comes back to I know the passion about wanting to get the best price for your home, but yeah. sometimes you've just got to sit. You've got to sit back and just let the right people do the right thing. Yeah, and like we've had a couple of podcasts about styling, and like for instance, sometimes it's better to style rather than fix up that that crack in the wall or something like that to take their eye yeah. off the crack of the wall. Um, and people will feel guilty selling a house with that crack in the wall. So it's a question of, okay, what are you comfortable with doing, you know, 
are you okay with the crack or shall we hide the crack by putting a bit of furniture in front of it or something? <laughs> no. So yeah, and then yeah. we yeah, that's that's always a topic of discussion. I think probably the yeah. biggest the, the biggest no no. Yeah. Please don't be at an open for inspection when the buyers are coming through because yeah. 99% of the time, your body language will, even if you've got no photos in the home, they'll work out who you are. Yeah. And you, unfortunately, the reason you have us there is that the feedback you're going to get a lot of the time, you're not going to like it. Yeah. Um, so if you hear someone talking about uh, the bedroom that your firstborn child was in and they loathe it, um, yeah. you, 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 know, you, you're gonna you get shouldn't upset. be there. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, you're there for the objective stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a real estate agency expectation of a, of a vendor and what's acceptable in terms of their involvement? What, what do you expect from your, your vendors essentially? Um, so obviously working together to get the presentation of the home right first. Yeah. So we, we, I think working with a vendor closely, setting expectations around how you want the home to look. They'll obviously ask our advice if you're getting a stylist in for a consult or, or to stage the home. That's probably the first part. You only get one chance at a first impression. So your presentation is, is a huge one and the vendors play a big part in that. Yeah. Um, their role after that is, you know, making sure that you, you know, with your conveyance or a solicitor, your contracts are, are being done. Make sure you've got all the paperwork that they need, certificates and everything else yeah. so that we can do our job once once things are available there. They're yeah. obviously a lot of the important things. Um, once we have the first open for inspection booked and we're online, everything else from that point on is for us to do that's yeah. that's where we then come into the mix and, and we're there to to do our job um yeah. so try not to interfere too much with the things that we've got to do yeah. um and just let us do our job and like from a supplier's point of view um and also for your your needs because there is such a strict timeline to get things done it is better to use your suppliers your garden maintenance people your um, painters you're you know the real estate agent has people who know how to deal with the deadlines and quick turnarounds of things do you agree rather than say oh my friend peter he's going to be painting you know he'll paint it and he comes back you know four weeks later and still hasn't yes. got done oh <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah um, and our our reputations are typically on like this game is a marathon it's not a sprint so if you've yeah. been doing this a long time you understand that when you refer someone you expect them to do a really good job and yeah. You know, we we would sit down with an owner and say, okay, here's three properties that we sold that uh, David did all the gardening for, yeah. and here's some other properties that other had gone to market that they didn't. These were the results, and they're efficient. Like you said, like when we're working the timeframes and everything else, um, that's hugely important. But these just like people trusting us. These are people that we trust. Yeah, they form a you know a coherent part of our business, and they do a good job. Yeah, and as I said, just let them. Let them do it. Let you let real estate agents just organise it all, essentially, except for yeah, the, the, oh, even the cleaning. And I think yeah, and I think you've got it. Like as a seller, you've got to remember that when you're taking when you made the decision to take your house to market, how the property looks now going forward has nothing to do with you. Yeah. it's about everything to do with the people coming through the front door. So if you don't like something, that that's okay. But we want to make sure that the majority of people are going to like it. Yeah. Um, as a, you know. But if you like, it's the, you know, we've got the red wall. Should we change it? Yes. Yeah. You know, um, paint it white, keep it simple. We actually had a um, Feng Shui expert in a couple of weeks ago and he said that red actually invokes anger. So if you have a red kitchen 
um, it's going to be a lot of arguments in that kitchen. So (laughs) get rid of any red walls and red (laughs) kitchens out of your, out of your house. So who are the worst type of people to get involved or to involved? Oh, there's, yeah, sometimes I think, like if a, yeah, if, I think if a vendor gets like five or six agents in, you just that's overkill. Yeah, that's just gonna um, you'll get opinions from everywhere that can really have a dramatic effect on what happens when you go to market. Mm. Um, even with like you know if you're gonna get stylists in, like we just get a couple, don't get four or five in because again yeah. I think too many cooks spoil the broth in, in yeah. every situation. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, it's probably like it is the conversations we're having with the owners because it is their home that yeah. that is being sold. And just having the coach to say, listen, that, you know, these are the things that we know have worked in the past and we expect them to continue to, to work going forward. Yes. Um, whilst, and I'll always be open and listen to everybody and their suggestions, yeah. but I'm not afraid to say to somebody that, look, I, you know, I disagree there. I think this is maybe the, the road that we need to travel. Yeah in order to get you the, the right result. Yeah. You may have a couple of buyers in mind for their house and you know that like they've already told me they don't like the green wall and, you know, house A over there, you know, just get rid of that green wall and, you know, these people actually might like your house. Yeah. And we, 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 it's one of the conversations that will come up is I, you know, the house is neat as it is. Why would we need to put furniture in it? Why would we need to do that? The buyer can just come in and do that. And I always say yeah. that, as a buyer, we're so emotionally influenced. You know, I have this saying that, like, if you go to IKEA on a Sunday, and someone's there yeah. to buy a set of placemats, they'll walk out with pretty much everything except potentially the one thing they went in there to buy. Yeah, because it's so impulsive, and yeah. a, and a house is no different. Like when people walk in and see the furniture, they know it's not coming with it. It's like you yeah. go to a furniture store. Why don't they just have them stacked out the back? Yeah, you know, I'll come out the back and have a look. It's because it's presented in a way that gets somebody attached to it. Yeah, it's true. You know? So how can an agent prevent a seller from being too involved? We've already talked about the uh, concept of trust. Um, how do you create that trust? I think you've got to have, you've got to have, a, you've got to have a ton of empathy for what a vendor is going through because it's a yeah. big deal. If you, know, if, you're, if you haven't gone through that, then it's hard to understand what a vendor is emotionally going through. But yeah. you know what? You've just got to be up front. Yeah. You, have to, you have to tell them from the start. that The biggest thing we see in our industry when it comes to delivering feedback, whether it's a low offer, um, you know what we, you know, I hear stories about that there were zero people through an open for inspection, but the agents actually just said, oh, there were two through when there weren't because they were too afraid to tell them that no one came through. Yeah. Um, it's fear. Um, mm. You've got to get past that. you just got to tell them everything up front. Um, and that means, you know, if you're having a, a meeting before you get started, you sit down with them and, and say, these are the things that we expect to, to follow. If you have, I think it's good to have a checklist. Yeah. You a checklist of things that you can go through with an owner. Um, that's that's going to help you, but you've just got to you just got to tell them. You got to tell them. You know, rip the band, rip rip the rip the bandaid off, and yeah, and, and be be up front. Yeah, and you know, like I know I've sold a house once where we had a round dining table in an open plan area, and it wasn't until week three of the campaign that our agent said, "Look, I'm struggling to get buyers because I think they can't put their big dining table in this space. And so, well, we've got actually an eight-seaters rectangular table out in the garage. We can just swap them over. And so we did yeah. that and all of a sudden we had three new buyers. But it was like the agent was too worried to tell us earlier that, you know, it was a, a speed hump in the process of the sale. So, and then it worked in the end. So it's like, yay. But I guess everyone's different. I 
trust my agents who ever sold my house or it's, you know, just because that's what they're there for. They're the ones who are getting the feedback. They're the ones who, who understand what's going on and, and who, who actually um, is, you know, keen on your home essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're like, if you're a seller and you're a potential seller and you're listening to this, yeah, having the conversation with your agent before you get started about a few things that might need to change are a hell of a lot easier than having the conversation three weeks in that, Hey, you need to drop your price by 50 grand because no one's, no one's coming through. It's, it's yeah. not working. Um, and I know which conversation I'd rather have. Yes. And it's, and, and we explain this to vendors that this is a conversation we do not want to have with you. In some cases we have to, but yeah. we don't want to. So let's get everything right from the start. I know you might not agree, but these are the things that you need to do. Yeah, definitely. So have you ever seen any situation where a vendor has been too involved and jeopardised the whole selling process? Um, I had a house about 18 months ago where it was all styled. It was a vacant home yeah. and uh, they'd, they'd come in and done everything. And then I get to the first open for inspection and there's like all this other stuff in the house and we haven't been told. So like some of the furniture has been moved, bigger pot plants and all this stuff. And yeah. I ran them and said, oh, have you been here? to do anything and they're like yeah you know we've come in and you know we've dressed it up because we just we just thought it looked a bit bare and i get what they were trying to do but when you walked yeah. in you were just like oh my gosh like what's happened here it doesn't work um and <laughs> no and buyers are walking through like oh this looks a bit different um yeah. and we said to them you, you need to and it, you know we got some of that stuff out afterwards but you know like whilst you might think you do again you might think you're doing the right thing yeah just whatever you do just check with your agent on yeah. everything you know we didn't most cases we didn't we didn't roll out of bed this morning and go right i'm going to sell a house yeah um, do it every single day so yeah. yeah yeah definitely probably one thing to add is the uh the relative or the family member when you might be making a decision on auction day and oh, they're okay. like no 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 don't don't take it it's worth more it's worth more yeah and our response will be are you getting your checkbook out yeah. Um, to the, say, to the family no. member. Well, yes. And the it, the easiest thing it is, like when we talk about opinions in real estate, the easiest yeah. thing you can do is spend other people's money when it's not your own. Yes. Um, and that's probably one of the most common roadblocks we would see yeah. at the end of a campaign. And I get it. You trust your family members, but yeah, in most cases, it's the wrong advice. Yeah. Well, I I can say the other way. My my lovely father, who is now rest in peace. Um, he said to me when we I saw my first house, one, he told me I shouldn't have bought it because it was too expensive. I should never buy anything over $200,000. Um, it was 232 or something. And yeah. then I sold it three and a half years later for 432. So I made 200 grand on it. And he said, Oh, they paid way too much money for that house. You should have never got that money. <laughs> it's like, Dad. Why can't you just be happy for us? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you can't win sometimes. <laughs> no, you, no, especially with family. Oh, no. So anyway, what we've come to is everyone's got an opinion about what it, when it comes to real estate. The, um, the reality is unless you are at open for inspections, making the phone calls to buyers, talking to the mortgage brokers about lending and being with people who are actively in the market and had the years of experience required to read the different markets, you can't understand what is happening right here, right now. 
trust your agent has your best interests at heart. I know Josh is one of the agents who ticks all of boxes and he's always here to help you sell your home. So you can contact Josh Homolov at Ray White Carnegie on 95716777. So we'll have a short break and come back with Sue's Quick Quiz. Okay, so quick quiz time. Ten questions. I think you sort of understand the theme a little bit from last time. Yep. Uh, Okay, so what's the best cafe in Melbourne? Spilt milk down from my office where I am a lot of the time is a a great cafe. It's a little hole-in-the-wall cafe. Um, Yeah, love those ones. Yeah, Luke, the guy that runs out there, that's that's a great little little cafe. Um, I do like um, Oscar Cooper in uh, Paran. Okay, yeah. A good little cafe in Paran. They they got awesome toasties. Awesome. Okay, so what's better, uh, Flinders Street Station or Southern Cross Station? Flinders Street. Yeah, you're a traditionalist. The the history of the building. Um, Southern Cross is, you know, pretty pretty awesome, but I like a bit of the old school stuff. Yeah, I'm a bit of old school too. Uh, Who's your favourite Melbourne-based actor? Uh, so, um, guy by the name of uh, Matt Hetherington, who is more oh, of yeah. a performer. Um, so, does, I think theatre. Yeah, so a lot of theatre lives in between New York and Melbourne. I, I actually I sold a property for Matt and his wife uh, Mel oh, twelve months in. I reckon to real estate. Yeah, always kept in touch. Um, yeah. yeah, great guy, awesome, awesome performer. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, what's your favourite sporting venue? Uh, the MCG for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I Watch the I bombers. I, sorry. Watch the bombers. Yeah, I, I think there's something, and I haven't been for a few years, but Anzac Day when you can hear a pin drop is pretty spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been in a band? Now that we know that you play drums. Uh, no. Like I played, um, jammed with a few mates and stuff, but but yeah. never never a gig type scenario. It was more school and then just sort of jamming in a garage and stuff but never a band no okay what's your favorite place to visit in the cbd is there anything in the cbd that's really cool uh yeah the um oh, forget the name of the little laneways there but there's a there's a cluster of them um like the graves there's yeah the that's graves. it yep down there so um yeah like, you know mid-sunday morning around there if you um, you know, if you've maybe done a night in town with two kids now, that that doesn't happen anymore. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, there's some really there's some really cool little quirky spots around those laneways yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the worst house you've ever seen in Melbourne? The worst house I've seen. Mm. Uh, I sold a house recently that was so far gone. Um, possums were were living in it there was no one there was no one there but yeah it was pretty shot plants had started growing inside the home um yeah from outside uh that that's from a, an age point of view um yeah i have had some where you walk in and think oh how can you live here but that's that's yeah someone is you know <laughs> yep everyone's different hey you know I'm everyone's different yeah yeah well the worst house i ever saw was um in Malvern, uh, backing onto Danny Nong Road, 
you know those streets that come off Inkerman that go yeah. all the way up to yeah. So I was up there, and the there was a unit. Well, it was a side by side um, Edwardian house, but they had a unit at the back. The kitchen cabinets were sitting in the in the ground because the floorboards had rotted through <laughs> all the way, and the floorboards there was no floorboards in the bathroom that was completely rotted to the ground. Yeah. And it was just horrendous. And someone had been living there six months earlier and it was, yeah, you just couldn't believe it. Yeah, but yeah. Yes, I had to walk through it and that was not, that was no I'm fun, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, last, second last, what's the best place to take the kids on a day's outing? I know you've got little ones, but not. Yeah, so we'll, in the right time of year, Half Moon Bay, um, in Buckwild yep. is is great. There's a phenomenal fish and chip shop down there that does sweet potato cakes, which are just to die yep. for. Um, They're pretty awesome. Aren't they? Otherwise, um, and I haven't been for a while, but like the like a day to the zoo if you've got kids now, well, like that's that's yep. always good fun. Yeah, yeah. You should track out if you come down this way, like the big goose. Yeah, we we actually like... we're waiting for that to reopen. We've already we've done that. Yeah. Twice. Um, and uh, that's yeah. And, and if you can get there. a private viewing of the funky farm, that's really cool too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or the or the yeah. other one is if it's the right time of year, the um, and it's a tradition of ours has been for about four years now. The Christmas tree farm. That's a oh yeah. Where you go down and pick your own tree and stuff. That's a ripping day out. Yeah, it is a good day out. Yeah. Um, what institution couldn't Melbourne live without? Uh, yeah. So it would Royal Children's Hospital was probably one that springs to mind. Um, yeah. Our son. Teddy at four and a half, he was born six weeks premature and then at four and a half weeks old had to have uh, full-blown open heart surgery, um, which uh, he passed through with flying colours afterwards, but it was probably, it was the hairiest thing we've ever had to go through. Um, yeah. But the, I think even like with everything we've gone through with the whole COVID thing, like we, we went from Sandringham Hospital, which the, the people there, you know, were forever indebted to Monash Children's Hospital, um, the yeah. specialists there. So I think, you know, the, the, the cluster of amazing hospitals, but, you know, you, the Royal Children's Hospital has this different feel about it because it's once you go there, you're not going anywhere else. That's like the end. Yeah. That's, you're there, That's you're the, end. the best people in the world at what they do. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I take my hat off to them. They're just brilliant, yeah. amazing people. They're angels, aren't they? They're just yeah. like... Yeah. They know exactly what to do. Yeah, 100%. I hope little Teddy's doing well. Is yeah, he doing well now? Yeah, doing very well, yep. That's good. Okay, well, thanks again, Josh, for helping us out. Again, if you want to get in contact with Josh Homelhoff from Ray White Carnegie, call 9571-6777 for a market appraisal. Now, next week we have Frank back. Yes, Frank Valantic is on to talk to us about your investment checklist, and he has a very exciting competition for Real Estate Right listeners, a chance to win VIP tickets to a guided tour with Frank himself around the Channel 9 hit the block. It's pretty cool, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> Download Real Estate right now so you don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted, written and produced by Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, Audio Stock for additional music and Zoom for our video link. If you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe rate us with five stars and review us on your favourite podcast service. Or if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on this podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening. 
to Real Estate Right.